Hey, before you start today's episode, I just wanted to jump on in and tell you about something so very exciting. I am holding my first ever summit. The Rise Above Summit is going to be on the 20th and the 21st of March and the tickets to it are free. All you have to do is register at theriseabovesummit.com. Now, I have pulled together the most phenomenal lineup for you. Honestly, it's like a who's who of the online world. So if you have an online business that you want to grow, so you're either a course creator, a membership owner, or a coach and do offer group programs, then this is definitely the summit for you. You are going to learn everything you need to know from the best experts out there in terms of growing that business. Let me just give you a little rundown of some of the speakers that we've got speaking. We've got the amazing Amy Porterfield, who's going to be sharing with us about growing her audience and basically creating a million dollar online business. We've got the phenomenal Michael Hyatt, who is a New York Times bestselling author, who's going to be talking to us about getting organized in our business. We've got Mike from the Membership Guys, who's going to be talking about using free content to sell your online membership. We've got Lucy Street from Adobe Express sharing the secret source of social media. We've got Graham Cochran, who's talking about a million dollar life giving business formula. And I do an amazing interview with him. We have Adrian Salisbury talking about three keys to maximizing your own camera presence. We have Kirsten Miller, Mary Hyatt, Joy Ann Boyce. Uh, we have Fifi Mason, Robin Kennedy. We have Kylie Lang, Melanie Moore, Jen Lena, Natalie Bullen, Liz Mosley. Like the list goes on and on and on. We honestly have the most phenomenal people. We also have various different activities that you can take part in that go from meditation to tapping to doing marketing in 10 minutes. So we've got lots of fun things and there's also competitions to get amazing swag. So go and check out theriseabovesummit.com. It will be linked in the show notes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Go and find it in my social media. Get your free ticket. And after you get your free ticket, you will be given the opportunity to upgrade to our VIP pass. And our VIP pass means that you can watch any of these sessions whenever you want. Because the one thing about putting on such an amazing summit with such a big and amazing lineup is that we can't fit them all in two days. And in order to fit them in, we're doing tracks. So you will get to pick between three different speakers of which one to watch live. And unless you've got the VIP passed, you won't be able to watch the speakers that you've missed. So do check that out as well. It's honestly going to be amazing. I am so very excited about it and I can't wait to see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast, episode 178. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast and I'm your host, Teresa Heath-Waring. If you're a marketer, business owner or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Hello and a very warm welcome to this week's episode of the podcast, How Are You Doing? So I'm going to kick off with some exciting news. Do you want to win an iPad? 
Hell yes, I hear you cry, Teresa. That would be amazing. Well, my amazing podcast listeners, I have got a competition for you. I am going to be giving away an iPad to one lucky winner. And how you get to enter this competition is you have to go and give me a lovely review. Now, if you can do it on Apple Podcasts, then great. If not, go to the platform that you listen to and go and do a lovely review on there. If you can give me five stars and say some nice things, that would be amazing. Once you have done that review and posted it, you need to screenshot it. You might have to screenshot it before you post it, actually, just because then it goes into submission and it takes a little while to get onto my stuff. So screenshot your review that you've done and then go to your favourite social media platform. Obviously, I am on them all and tag me in that screenshot. So post a picture of the screenshot saying something nice about the podcast tag me in and that will give you an entry to the competition. There's also an additional way in which you can get another two extra entries. If you post somewhere, either on a story, on a post, on a social media platform, separate to tagging the review or tagging me in the review, if you just post why you love the podcast and what you think of the podcast, I will give you two bonus entries. So to find out and just double check all the details about the competition, you can check out my social media. I am talking about it on there. But like I said, the details are you can be in with a chance of winning an iPad if you write a review, screenshot it and put it on your social media and tag me in. And then for two bonus entries, You can also just do a post on social media that talks about why you love the podcast so much. You can do it on any platform. And what we will be doing is we'll be keeping an eye on everyone who tags me in and we'll be putting your entries in. And then at the end of the competition, we will pick one lucky winner to win an iPad. Amazing. I'm so excited. So the competition starts today on the 15th of March and it closes on the 29th of March. So make sure that you do it within those time periods to get in with a chance of winning. Get your friends to do it. Tell your mum, your auntie, your uncle, your brother, everyone. No, I'm <laughs> Obviously, if you listen to the podcast, then great. But like I said, a nice review and tag me in on social media. All right. Well, let's get on with today's episode. Today, I am interviewing the very lovely Precious Rogers. Now, you know I love an interview when I learn stuff. I just think it's, for me, like, well, one, it's nice for me to learn things. And two, I feel like I ask or I do a better interview. You may agree or disagree. But I feel like because I ask the really stupid questions, because I am like genuinely learning myself, that that then helps because sometimes I think on subjects that I know really well, I might not ask the stupid stuff. So I really enjoyed talking to Precious today. So she is talking all about Pinterest marketing and Pinterest ads. She's so knowledgeable about Pinterest. And like I said, that's an area that I am not at all. And really like Pinterest is such a hidden gem that if you can listen to this to see if there is a chance of it making a difference to your business 
and try out something she said, I totally, totally think it's worth it. So basically, Precious is a Pinterest marketing expert or a Pinterest badass for short. And she helps establish online coaches, service providers, content creators, and podcasters jumpstart or enhance their Pinterest marketing strategies to skyrocket their visibility with or without Pinterest ads. So she knows so much about it. She taught herself all the things she needed to know. She's been on the platform a long time and she was really knowledgeable. And we had a really good laugh, actually. I really enjoyed chatting to her. So do enjoy this episode even if Pinterest isn't on your kind of remit of something that you think you might do, give it a listen because I think you'll be surprised by some of the amazing things she tells us. And like I said, I am as much the student here as you. So I really enjoyed asking the questions and finding out some things for myself as well. Okay, I will hand over to the lovely Precious. Okay, I am really happy today to welcome to the podcast the lovely Precious Rogers. Precious, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am very well. And I'm very excited about today's episode. We just had a very quick chat and I was saying to Precious, I love it when I don't know like the subject because it just means I get to, well, one, I get to learn something which I really love and that's an advantage on the podcast, but it means I get to ask the stupid questions. So I can look the fool for everybody else and then they just get the answers, which is great. So Precious, As always, we always start the interview with you telling us who you are and how you got to do the thing that you do today. Yes. So, hey, guys, like she said, I'm Precious or Press Rogers, and I am the Pinterest badass, as I like to say. So I am a Pinterest marketing expert and ad specialist, and I work with coaches, content creators, and online service providers to basically help them pimp Pinterest to get more eyes on their content and grow their email list with action takers. Oh, I love it. And that was so succinct. You've obviously said that many times. Yes. (laughs) You've got that down to a T. So let's roll back a bit. How long have you been doing this for? So I've been doing Pinterest for about almost two years, two years in um, the summer. So what was it that made you like even end up here? Like what were you doing before you did that? Yes. So I started out as a general VA in May of 2019, May, June of 2019. And I quickly kind of niched down because I realized I don't really like general admin stuff. (laughs) And um, my first client actually had a Pinterest that she wanted to um, do a little bit better on. She was already doing pretty well because she was a blogger, um, but she also had digital products and she knew she wasn't using it the way it can be used, even though it was like her number one traffic source. So I was like, well, I can start and try and see. I had heard about doing Pinterest management. I was thinking about it. So from there, like I got a course um, and it just really took off from there. I really enjoyed it. I think it's, I think of it as the underdog. It's really underrated, um, but it's a very powerful platform. And I think you've just hit the nail on, on its head. I think one of the reasons we don't, or I haven't talked about it as much as maybe I've talked about Instagram or whatever, is because of the fact of, it is seen as an underdog. And also I think that there's a history of there's only certain people on Pinterest. Like if you're planning a wedding or doing your house or cooking, you're absolutely fine. Other than that, forget it. And and as far as I'm concerned, that's not the case anymore. It's not. And what I love to say now is like, look at Instagram, look at Facebook. Like they all were not marketing platforms. (laughs) 
And for people who are not in the marketing world, like even with me as um, I, I'm very, I love to be on Instagram, but my friends don't see Instagram the way I see Instagram because they're not in the online business space. So they don't see as much marketing as I do. And so just the same way, if you're not using Pinterest in a certain way, because you think it's not that way, then you might not see it. But I know firsthand when I first even started out as a general VA, that was where I went to look for how to do certain VA tasks, how to make you know more money, how to you know do contracts, business type of things. And it's way more common than people think now. So when I talk to business owners, like, and we know, and you'll know, like the overwhelm is just crazy. There are a million things they could be doing. Like, you know, they're in their own worst scenario where there are all these opportunities for small businesses, but that makes their life so much harder. Pinterest is often so far down the, like, you know, because my thing is you pick one or two platforms and you do them really well. Like, don't try and do all of them half-heartedly because you're just not going to get any traction on any one. Right. Pinterest very rarely comes up. And I, I almost want you to, like, convince me why, why that should be much higher up, because I know there's some really good reasons. Oh, yeah, I have some. (laughs) My very favorite one is to tell people that Pinterest is a top of funnel platform, meaning it is very well a great place for people to find you. And as a business owner, you always want your content to be found. You want new eyes on your content all the time because that's how you're going to grow. That's how you're going to scale. And if you're not getting new people finding you, you're not going to grow. With Pinterest, it is a search engine and it's not a social media platform like the normal Facebook or Instagram. So people are there actually already searching for your solutions to their problems. Mm-hmm. So they're going there already warm to the content that they're looking for. So if you have it, that's an easier sell for them to either, you know, whether it's buy your product, get on your email list, because they are searching for that problem. They're not on Pinterest, not Pinterest, they're not on Instagram, maybe directly searching for that problem or Facebook, they just kind of come across it. Whereas Pinterest, they're there searching for a solution. They're looking for inspiration. So that's like one of my favorite things to say is that it is at the top of the funnel. And the second thing is that you don't really create content for Pinterest. You repurpose content to Pinterest. It is a search engine. So that way you are driving traffic from Pinterest to your already created content. Mm -hmm. So if you are creating Instagram videos, YouTube videos, podcast episodes, these things are things you've already done. Now you're just creating some pin images to drive traffic to those pieces of content that you've already created. Yeah, yeah. And all such good points. This is one of the things where I think sometimes, although I'm a huge advocate of Facebook ads and um, Instagram ads, what we're doing there is we are profiling or hoping that our warm audience want the thing we're talking about. They are not in the buying decision point or in the consideration phase at that point. We're just presenting something in front of them going, hey, you are a business owner and you are similar to my customers. You might like this. Whereas with Pinterest, like you said, and, you know, let's say Google, because obviously that's a search engine too, you know, and that's the one that people would think of. And not many people think of Pinterest as a search engine. They are going in and they're going, I am looking for this. And you're right. Like when I think about how I use Pinterest, mine is always like food, always food. Like I'm looking for something. Me too, (laughs) but I'm looking for recipes 
And I say this all the time, recipes that I don't ever end up making. Yeah, <laughs> I just the boards. <laughs> I'm like, I want to make this. I'm going to go look it up now. And then I don't end up making it or I forget or something goes up. But yes, me too. You honestly, and the amount of time, like, so my husband will say, what are we having for dinner tonight? And I'm like, let me just look at Pinterest. Like, what the, what on earth am I doing? Your inspiration too. You're, you're getting inspired. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, oh, could you just make this? And then I won't even tell you what you'd reply because it's a no, that's the short. Um, but you're right. <laughs> so people there are going and searching on something because they are looking for that solution. They're looking for that thing. And I also love the fact that you talk about it's a repurposing platform. Because one of the things that puts people off all this stuff is, is it's another job. It's another thing to do. And yet actually here, it really isn't. And, and also I'd be interested to know what you think from, um, obviously you've got to create the post and that's fine, but you're probably creating a post anyway. And if you're using Canva and you pay for it, then you can literally just resize the post and tweak and you're done. But well, like what, is there anything you would say from an engagement point of view? Because if you take Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn, you know, not so much Facebook, because it's just not designed in that way. It's all about the engagement. It's about the you going and commenting on stuff and liking stuff and doing that. But Pinterest doesn't have that side to it, really, does it? It, it, has, it has like engagement or um, interactive features, which is why I think people get confused with it as like a normal social media platform. It has social aspects. So yes, people can comment on your pictures or your pins. Um, they can, you know, like them, especially now because Pinterest does have a section like they have um, story pins, which is not like Instagram stories. They're a little bit different, but there is that that is one of their new features to help people kind of stay on the platform. But even then you can repurpose, like I put like my Instagram reels, TikToks yeah. onto that because it's, it's already the perfect size for Pinterest and I've already created it for something else, but now I can now create it and then use it on Pinterest. Mm -hmm. But there's things that they can do, of course, follow you, but they're not as big as on the engagement platforms. Like you mentioned, Instagram is there for you to engage with your community. Pinterest is more, it's kind of the anti-platform. They do not care about your favorite things. They're not there to get to know you. They're there to get to know your content. Whereas I feel like on Instagram, these people are there to get to know you. They, you selling them on your content is just another aspect of it. That's how they get more warm to you. But for cold traffic, they're there for the content that you're giving them. You're right. There's no, like, it, the funny thing is, I guess if you went and looked at my Pinterest, you'd kind of see the type of person I am and what I like, you know, what food I like and what, you know, holidays I want to go on or whatever it might be. But like, it isn't about me rocking up and doing on, you know my face on it all the time or you know chatting about what I did at the weekend or what I'm having for dinner or whatever you know it's so different and I think the engagement thing for me is a really big advantage as to why I would add Pinterest to my things that you know to do because you haven't got to put all that engagement work in every other platform it needs that engagement work. It, it lives and dies off the engagement. Whereas right, you don't have to go and like other people's pins or share them or any of that. Yeah. Not about that. It's not about the engagement at all. It's about your content and sharing pins to your content. And again, it's about like the, the other thing that Pinterest has, which is so unique to Pinterest is it actively wants you to click and go somewhere else. Like there is no other platform that, 
encourages that. No, right. And in fact, they make it so difficult. So Instagram, one link, you know, they don't want you going anywhere else. Facebook penalizes you for putting link posts up. So whereas the whole purpose of Pinterest is, you know, save these things. And then when you need to go and dig into them, they're all there and they go through to the site. Right. Even like with story pins, because story pins and and if you're listening and you don't and you're using Pinterest and you don't have story pins, it's a rolling out thing. So I just got it two weeks ago, but it's been out for like a year, um, but it's still rolling out. But story pins is the one thing that they have where it doesn't link to anywhere is really about the content, but it makes it really easy to follow someone. So like after you will watch someone's story pin, it will be like follow if you don't follow them. So that way it's helping them to, it's helping you to build your following up so that your pins automatically get in front of those people. And then they can easily also go to your profile and click on your, like your main link or find whatever they're looking for. Um, so it still does make it very much easy to find you and go off the platform. But for the most part, there are regular pins and stuff like that. Yes, it's very much, it's there to help you discover something, find something and leave the platform just like any other, you know, search engine that's out there. Okay, awesome. So I obviously want to get onto ads, but I've got a question to ask <laughs> what we do. Because, and I know that some of my audience and Definitely people in my academy will have this question. Now, I'm on Pinterest. I love Pinterest from a personal point of view. And, you know, I built some followers. I I can't even remember, like, it was over a thousand, I think like maybe 2000 followers or something. Like complete fluke. Don't quite know how I did it. But anyway, at the time, I had no idea I did it. So I have this, this Pinterest account, which has a good number of followers. But the content on there is not is not strong on my content. So a lot of my boards are food, are like interior stuff, places I want to travel, like things I like to wear, nice photography, like just all the kind of personal stuff. If I wanted to go seriously about Pinterest, and I do share the podcast on there, and we do have a board for the podcast, but if I wanted to go serious, should I be using what I've got and bearing in mind I still use it personally as in I still save pictures of food um should I be using that or should I be setting up like a different one and starting again so it's whatever is easiest for you you can if you're going to use it as a business you're going to definitely need to hide your personal boards okay. because when you're pinning to your personal boards it's going to also mess up your own algorithm Um, So you're not going to really see things that will make more sense for you to pin to your business boards. Um, If you do pin other people's content, which I will say, don't pin too much of other people's content. Keep it to a minimum when you're using it as a business. Um, So if you have like a lot of personal boards that you don't want to just easily delete because you want to keep them, then you're going to have to go in and make them secret. Or you can just create a whole new profile. It's very easy to switch between profiles. Um, I, I just use my personal boards. Um, they're secret. So I can just save certain things like recipes that I come across that I want to, because those things are really for me. It's not yeah. for anyone to really come to my Pinterest and see. It's really your, like how Pinterest was created in the beginning. I think it was like, you know, like your own kind of like dream boards and things yeah. like that. So you can save things too, but it still was really more about you. Whereas as a business, it's about your business. So your your things just need to go in the background and be hidden somewhere. So just if you want to use them for later. Okay, so, yeah. you know, that's super helpful. So hiding those would help. 
The other thing that I want to say before we get onto the ads is the one of the beauties about Pinterest is the the lifespan of a pin. But does that then mean it it takes a long time for it to get picked up and found? Yes. So the lifespan of a pin is basically forever. <laughs> and once it's on the platform, it's, it's, on a, it's on a search engine. It can always be found. Um, but we do say that it hits its peak usually about three and a half months as it going up. So you're not going to see immediate reaction when you first pin something. Um, there's people who will pin something maybe this year and they don't really see really take off into next year. But still, the long term on that is that there's nothing you can post on another platform say for instance, Instagram or Facebook, where someone's going to find it a year from now. Yeah. Like, so I always tell people, I, if I go on Pinterest, I can find a blog post from like four or five years ago. So imagine someone, you know, anything, a, a, a sign up, I've gotten on people podcasts that are not even a podcast anymore, <laughs> or like something they do anymore. But it was for like years ago, but it's like people are still finding this content because it's on a search engine that they can always find. So that's the long-term benefits of it. It's going to, though it might take long to really optimize because it is a search engine. So it has to be indexed correctly. Pinterest is going to see who's pinning it, where they're pinning it to, making sure that it's going to the right content. And so it's going to take a little time. Okay. So obviously evergreen content is the way to go. Nothing that's time sensitive, I guess, just because it's not going to. Yeah, because if you put time sensitive things organically, um, one is going to take a long time to actually, like, I've had people say, what if I have like a summit or like a, um, a launch happening? And it's like, well, yeah. unless you start pinning that launch six months before you know it's going to happen, it's probably not going to make much sense. Now, if you're using, of course, Pinterest ads, you can do time sensitive things um, because it's an ad and then you can all, always remove it or take it down or whatever. Um, but if it's something that you want to actually show something immediately, definitely it won't really work out for organically. Okay, cool. So one final question on my own to get. It's just me picking your brain for my own business <laughs> and then like pretending my audience will want to know this. So tell me about, because obviously the whole point of Pinterest is I see a recipe, let's pretend that's something business. And I'm like, well, I want to make that recipe. I click on it, give me the recipe. Now, there are lots of blogs that I find recipes where you are scrolling for ages to get to the actual recipe bit. How does that work if it's a lead magnet? So let's say because it's a search engine and it, and it's trying to offer a solution. So five ways to build your email list, let's say. I put that on as a pin and go, you know, here's five ways to build your email list as a picture. They click on it. They get taken to a landing page where it goes, hey, come and get this download. Is that going to work? Is that not going to work? Um, do not make it long like those blog posts that we all do not like. <laughs> yeah. um, and I actually found out recently that a lot of people do that because um, those type of like recipe foodie, food bloggers, usually they have like ads that they're running they or whatever. So that that matters having that long or whatever on their page. Yeah. But for this, you want to make sure that your sign-up pages, your opt-in pages are one, made for cold traffic. And two, quickly answers whatever it is that their their pain point is right away. So like, what was the topic five things? Like to, five ways to build your email list. Okay. So like, one of the, like as soon as they get on there, so like above the fold, so like the thing they have to they see before they have to scroll will be something like, you know, how to, here are five ways that you will be able to grow your email list in 
three weeks. Yeah. Something like that that will immediately get their attention and be like, okay, this is exactly what I need. So that headliner needs to really get to the point immediately because we say that Pinterest traffic is very bouncy. Unlike when you're going to a blog post or where you know that you're going to get a recipe, you know what you're you're there for, you know what you're scrolling for. If I'm going to an opt-in page, they want to immediately know you're going to answer my pain point. You're going to answer my problem because I probably already seen 15 other pins that probably can do the same thing. Yeah. But I clicked on yours and I need to know immediately that this is what I'm I want yeah. so that I can give you my email address. So don't make it like overly long if it's especially for something that's a free opt-in. Yeah. Um, if it's a sales page, you still want to be very quick in the headline and you want to make sure that you are. It's a cold traffic sales page. So it's answering all their type of objections. Um, there's some no like and trust factor that they can build on. So like a picture of you, a bio, because once again, it's cold traffic. They don't know you. So it's very like unlikely for them to purchase something if they don't feel like they can trust you right away, especially a digital product. It's different if you're a product seller, because I'm probably... Either you're, you have reviews or I know what I already want to buy. Yeah. Whereas if it's a digital product, I'm like, mm, can I trust this person? Are they yeah. going to really, you know, get me the solution that I want? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. So you give us some great thoughts around Pinterest though, which is awesome. But let's talk about ads because I literally know nothing about Pinterest ads. I have never run one. I don't know where I would start. So if you can give me like just a, a quick overview of, of the ad side of it, that'd be ace. Yeah. So it's really Pinterest ads. I love to say that they are just the greatest way if you do not have patience like me. So <laughs> um, I, I love Pinterest and I was doing fine. But, you know, at a point in time as a business, you're like, I don't really have six to seven months for something to optimize. I want to grow my email list now. I want to, you know, cut my marketing in half now. And that's what Pinterest ads is really good for. It's really good to accelerate your Pinterest growth quicker, as well as I like to say, you know, accelerate your email list growth as well, because that's like my favorite thing to focus on. So that's really the overall thing. If you're ready to, I like to say, spend money in order to make money or grow your email list, however you want to look at it, then that is definitely something you should look into because it makes things move a little bit faster, not a little bit, a lot faster. <laughs> um, something where it's not as fast. I will mention it's not as fast as like Facebook ads. They don't optimize as fast, but it's still much faster than using it organically. So something that may take you six months organically to kind of see how something is working. If it's like resonating with the audience, something it can take maybe three to four weeks at that. Okay. So it's really good to see how things are going, test things out. Um, and it's good for your organic strategy as well. So let's say that someone's listening to this, they're new to Pinterest, or they're going to start again because the other one's completely personal. Do they need to build their Pinterest profile first before they jump into the ads? Or can you do them kind of simultaneously? You can definitely do them simultaneously. I hate that word. Simultaneously. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I say it wrong all the time. It's not you. (laughs) Um, But now you can do them at the same time. (laughs) But you want to, um, because when you, when you drive traffic to a promoted pin or a Pinterest ads, um, those words are used interchangeably. Um, They don't see your main profile. They're not going to see how it's set up. If you've been pinning often, they're just going to see the ad and they're going to go directly to whatever it is that you're driving traffic to. 
as you're using it, it's definitely a good thing to just build your organic strategy um, and build your, if you have like the content to do it, because not everybody has a lot of content to put on Pinterest. Mm -hmm. Maybe they only have like their, um, their lead magnet or opt-in that they want to drive traffic to. In those cases, I definitely say use Pinterest ads because with Pinterest, you want to be able to have content that you actually can put on the platform. If you're not creating content, then you have nothing to put there. Yeah. So that's one of my things I would say. So you definitely don't have to like build out a whole Pinterest that you've been using for three to six months. Um, you can do it immediately. Okay. So what are we talking cost-wise? Is there a minimum amount? Is there like an amount that obviously like any ads, the more you spend, the more results you get. But, you know, so, so when we're talking Facebook, I would, my suggestion is you start low and seven to $10 a day and you run it for maybe a week and see what happens. Like, how does that work on a Pinterest advertising side? See how you just said that one week thing that doesn't work on me. <laughs> As I said it, I thought well, you've yeah, already said so. like three weeks, so we need to. This is obviously not the same. Yeah, so I will throw that out there now. Do not compare platforms because they are one, two different types of platforms. You know, Facebook is still more um, engagement and social media, whereas Pinterest is the search engine. I, with my clients, I recommend a $20 a day budget, but it is because you, you need to spend more money, you need to give. Pinterest, the money to actually be able to optimize your ads and put it in front of the right people and see what people are doing. But with my clients, I do do a ladder building as in when I'm in my testing phases, I start out lower. So maybe like um, somewhere between seven and $10 a day. And we're continuously building up to see how things are doing, to see as I'm tweaking things, what's happening. But I know I'm going to build up to that $20 a day at minimum um, because that's like a good sweet spot to really get to, but okay. you can feel free to start low, but you might not see how Pinterest ads can truly work starting too low. And how long, like if, cause normally a Facebook ad, and again, you know, we're not comparing, but you know, you need at least kind of three, four days for it to really understand the ad and then like to get your results. But obviously Pinterest sounds like it's a much longer, slower burn. Yeah, so everything with pictures is a slower burn, <laughs> um, organically and with promotive pins. Of course, it's it's slow in its own right. It's not as slow. So if you're doing a consideration campaign, I'm glad I said that because they just train change traffic campaigns names to consideration campaign, okay. which I had wrote down earlier. You had said like people are in their consideration phase, and I was like, it's funny that she said that word. Yeah. Um, so they're they're called consideration campaigns now. So for those. Um, they've been around longer. So usually I would let them run for about seven to 10 days before I start doing any type of tweaking or testing to it. Because if you do certain types of tweaks or tests or tweaks to the campaign, it resets the algorithm. So you want to kind of let it sit for like seven to 10 days and see what Pinterest is going to do and see what your cost per action is or cost per, per click for those are going to be. And then you can start tweaking it and um, testing it with new different things But from what you're seeing. For the conversion campaigns, I give it anywhere from 10 to 14 days of not touching it for the first 10 to 14 days before I start doing any tweaks to it. Okay, that's cool. So explain to me, just really briefly, like, is it, uh, so obviously I know Facebook ads. So is it like, do you pick an audience? <laughs> do you pick an audience? Do you, you know, is it done like that? Is there a remarketing element to it? Is it, how, how is that bit worked out? 
Yeah, I do know a little bit about Facebook ads from some of my clients. <laughs> and I actually want to learn for myself this year for my own digital products to um, cross-reference, which I, I think we're going to talk about anyway. But they do have audiences. So your audiences can be built by your, it's called a Pinterest tag, um, which is very similar to the Facebook pixel. Okay. And you can use that. You can use like your email list to build your audience. So it will like take your email list if you have a good size email list. Um, and they will pull out, of course, people who are actually on Pinterest, not just your whole email list. So if you have like a email list with less like, 10,000 followers or 10,000 subscribers, and then you put it on Pinterest and you're like, well, they're only saying it's 2000 of the audience. It's only because 2000 of those people are on yeah. <laughs> Pinterest. Um, you can also do like your product sales list, um, depending on what you're going to be using them for. So like if like if they're on your email list, you wouldn't target those people for an opt-in for your email because they're already on email list. Yeah. And maybe you might use them in a warm, um, a warm retargeting ad for your product or your course because they already are warm to you. So there are audiences that you can build. So based on that, based on website traffic, if they clicked on a certain pin, so there's different ways to build so their interests and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. So um, interest is a little different on Pinterest than I know what I know from Facebook. Um, it's not, of course, as robust as it is on, um, Facebook, but they kind of go off a different thing. Like what people are usually doing on Pinterest. Yeah. What they're putting and stuff. Which can be so different because, you know, everybody's looking for food. So, (laughs) (laughs) so if you think you're absolutely fine, that's so funny, isn't it? It's just definitely a little different. Um, I do know that it's not as robust as Facebook ads, which it's okay. It's just, it has its own way of doing things. Like my client is always like, it's so different, but she's like, I just don't understand it at all. And I've heard people who go to like Facebook, people come to Pinterest and they're like, what is, what is this? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm probably going to, I was setting up just my, um, the Facebook ad manager. And I was like, to my client, I was like, this is just too yeah. much. <laughs> like I'm already like, no, you know, you're used to, it. and if you're used to if you've learned one thing and one platform, then everything else is just going to look so wrong, isn't it? Oh my God. So, is- yeah, it's just getting used to it. So yeah. one of the things that I wanted to uh, look at is one of the things that you said was there are certain things you need to do before using Pinterest ads. So what are those things? Yeah. So like I mentioned, you need to set up your Pinterest tag immediately. So even if you are not planning on using Pinterest um, ads right away, as soon as you get on Pinterest, you need to set up your tag because that way it can start tracking people who are going to your website, interacting with your pins. So that way, when it's time to build your audiences, it's much quicker because a lot of the times when um, my clients start on Pinterest, so they do not have the tag, we will always start with a consideration um, ad instead of a conversion, which a lot of people are like, well, I want to just go straight into conversions. But the consideration is really good for warming up that Pinterest tag so that Pinterest can start seeing who's interacting with your content. And then you can build your audiences even better that way. And your conversion campaigns will usually perform better once Pinterest already knows like, okay, these type of people are interacting. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is do your keyword research. Mm -hmm. So a big difference between Facebook ads and Pinterest, what I do know is that Facebook ads require copy. Pinterest ads do not (laughs) like you do not have to write any copy. Your big thing is keywords. 
So because of the search engine, you're going to do your keyword research so that Pinterest know where to show your ad in front of, which keywords to really show your ad in front of, as opposed to having people read your copy. Your big thing is really your pin image itself and the copy on the pin image, and then making sure that you have done your keyword research. So those are like the two main things. And then the third thing is get your funnel ready. And if you do not already have a converting funnel, you need to know that it's going to be like a testing phase. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important with so many ads that people don't think about. And I saw this, we used to, when we had the agency, we used to run ads for people and they'd be like, I've done ads for, they just don't work. And it'd be like, well, where did you send them? And what were you asking them to do? And it's like, oh, well, I just sent them to my website and, you know, just on to take a look. It's like, well, what did you expect them to do? You know, it's like, they just thought about the ad where they weren't thinking about where are they sending and what's the thing they're trying to get them to do. Yeah. It's really big. What my clients is like, we need to go through your funnel and making sure you have your call to actions because, you know, usually I have clients who want email signups, but they have like another goal after that. They might want course members, but they understand that people are not going to come straight from Pinterest ad or not if they are cold to you and buy your course or something like that. Yeah. So it's like, okay, if they get on your email list. You have to start having like your welcome sequence. You're going to start nurturing them because it's going to, it's up to you to actually warm them up to you to make that next, you know, that next goal that you have. Yeah. So it's important for people to know you have to look at all the different things. Um, with Pinterest, it comes down to like your pin. If your pin is not getting clicked on, you know, maybe it's like the design itself. Then on the pin design, and one thing I would say, have a call to action. Mm-hmm. So if it's like you want them to read something, buy something, sign up for something, that makes it easier so that they are mentally prepared as they yeah. click on it to know what they're going to do next. So, you know, if I'm even with organic marketing, if you are sending them to a podcast, having something like listen now makes it better. So when they go, they know, oh, it's a podcast because yeah. maybe I wasn't in the mood to listen or maybe have the time to listen. And a lot of pinners are still in that mindset of written content. So you want to make sure you they kind of know already what they're going to. And you're right. I think, um, one, it's always seen as like a infographic. I remember infographics like Pinterest, you know, gave birth to infographics as far as I'm concerned because they didn't exist before Pinterest. But it's almost like the way I saw Pinterest is that I want the result there and then because I'm looking for it. So you know, I think it's such a good point that one, we would normally do this in the copy on even just on organic social media posts. We'd do the, you know, download now or whatever, or read or listen or whatever, mm-hmm. whereas we wouldn't necessarily do it on the image. So having to change that up in our head. And it's such a good point because I don't want people clicking if they think they're going to get something else and then disappear back off again. Because so, they're not. Because <laughs> yeah. Once again, they're very bouncy because I would say, how how do you use Pinterest? If you were to click on something and right away you see, oh, no, this is not what I want. I'm off. We're in a search engine. So we see all this content that we can go to. It's not like you're the only, you know, if I'm on Instagram, you might be the only post I see about this. But now I'm, I'm seeing a whole bunch of pins about this same piece of content. And now I don't have time to either watch your video or listen to your podcast yeah. or read your blog. Whereas if you told me, on the pin really quickly in a little button, little thing, what I'm about to get, I know ahead of time. Yeah. So, you know, for a podcast, especially, because if they're expecting to go and just like scan over a blog, they're not going to get it, are they? So such a good, yes. 
So the other thing I wanted to cover, because there's so much I want to cover, but I, I'm so aware of your time and we like, because I was just picking <laughs> your brains, which I know my audience find useful. Uh, and so did I, so thank you. Um, but one other thing that um, you said that I wanted to talk about was that there are some common mistakes when to avoid on running ads. Is there, have you, because obviously we've covered what could be a few. So is there any more that we've missed off that? So I'll just quickly go back over them. The first one is um, not giving it enough time to work. Yeah. So, you know, patience is key. So don't think like, oh, well, I put a Facebook ad up and in two days I'm starting to see returns. It might not work the same way with Pinterest. You're going to have to give it a little bit of time. Um, Don't compare. So it's crazy. Not really, but um, but the audiences can be different or the people who are going to interact with your content or your, your, you know, your ads on Facebook could be different from who interacts with your ads on Pinterest, because maybe they were actually looking for it on Pinterest as opposed to Facebook. They just like, oh, this might be something I need. That way your funnel on your Facebook funnel might not work the same for your Pinterest funnel. You might have to tweak it a different way. Maybe if you have like a tripwire or upsell on your thank you page that is converting on Facebook from your Facebook ads, it might not convert on your Pinterest ads. So you have to really know that it's not going to be the same on these platforms and it's okay to run both, but you have to be open to how you're going to tweak it for each platform. So that's like the other thing. And then um, not testing or tweaking. So I've seen people who run an ad on Pinterest, they set it up and that's it. And then they're like, it's not working. Now I'm be honest, when I first met my first ad, <laughs> like, um, 2019, I actually looked back and I was like, I did not know what I was doing. Yeah. I just what was like, was I'm going to try this out. Um, and I, I write books. So I tried to run ads to this book and nothing happened. And I looked back at it like recently and I was like, I did not set this up. Right. I just literally, I think I was trying to do like $2 a day <laughs> and I didn't do anything right. I put like 10 keywords. It was terrible basically. And now I know what to do. And if you don't go back and, you know, once you set something up, maybe the keywords you putting um, put in there are not converting. You need to look at the keywords. You might need to remove some. Maybe you have it, you're testing out three different um, Pinterest images and maybe only one of them is doing well. So maybe you need to turn off the other two. There's different things you need to be paying attention to. Um, like there's, like we can see like the the type, the ages or something like that. Maybe you have it set to all ages, but only like 18 to 24. Mm-hmm. But now you have it turned off the other one. So it's causing you to pay more money for people that are not actually converting. So you need to know that you need to actually go back in yeah. and tweak and test your, your ads, not just leave them the first time. And you're so right. Even on like, obviously, because I've run Facebook ads, I can, can, you know, compare and talk about that. But like, one of the, I was running an ad for a new lead magnet and I was running it to warm and cold audiences. And I ran three different types of images and one of the images had me in it. And it was converting really high from a click point of view, but then wasn't converting on the landing page. But the other two were converting lower, but the actual opt-ins were higher and I, I worked out that basically my warm audience was seeing my face and very lovely going, oh, great, clicking. And then they were getting, and actually the lead magnet I was putting out was a very basic lead magnet because what I was trying to do is I have a product that's teaching someone how to do something and I wanted to catch 
them at the very beginning and when they're thinking about it so that I can lead them into this product. And I think what was happening is lots of my audience are probably well within this process now. And they do know they, you know, they don't need to know the basics, especially if they've been watching me for a while because they would have heard them various times. Right. So I think what was happening was, yeah, the ad looked like it was performing great, but no one was converting because they just clicked and went, oh, it's Teresa and what she got. And then went, oh no, I don't need that. Whereas the the posts I did that were more download this thing, this is what it is, this is who it's for, and the image reflected that, even though I wasn't getting as many clicks, those clicks were actually converting into something, which obviously is the, the main aim of it, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. so okay, there was one more thing that I was going to just touch on before we go, uh, which yeah. is the, you talked about the fact of using Pinterest and Facebook ads together, because like I said, we've talked about Facebook ads before, I use them, I understand them, and I think they're great, and I think to get more eyes on your stuff, you know, to put a bit of money behind any of these ads is great. So how do we do that? How do we like use them together? So like my favorite way is that you can retarget people from Pinterest on Facebook and people from Facebook on Pinterest. Because if you put your, the both of the, I would say pixels for ease. If you put both of the pixels on your pages, if someone from Facebook goes onto Pinterest or goes into your page, now they go on Pinterest. If you have an ad that is worth targeting those type of people, they're going to see it. Same thing for Pinterest. If I go to your ad and then I go log on Facebook, now I'm going to see your retargeting ad because your pixel has picked up on me. So that's a really good thing to really be able to get them from different angles um, because now they're going to keep seeing you everywhere. (laughs) You'll be like, dang, didn't I already see you somewhere? Like, it's so funny. Um, There's this guy, I I think his name is like Abu. You might have heard. He's like a Facebook like person, ads, crazy person. And literally, I hate seeing any of his ads because once I see one, I see him everywhere. (laughs) Like to the point where he was like on like a dating site like a dating app. Uh, and I was like, how are your ads on this too? Like, it's like, that is so funny. Like, it's like one of those, like, okay, so you're really good at retargeting because you're literally everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. That's such a good idea because again, there are so many advantages of just getting people to your website. But the fact is, and I didn't even think about it, that if you have a pixel on there tracking, it's going to track those people who perhaps haven't come from a Facebook ad but you might then have a cold something from a Pinterest point of view and your Facebook ad might be a warm something and right. it complements it. And yeah, love it, love it, love it. Yeah, so they can work together. You don't have to pick one or the other. No. <laughs> and like they all, I think they have, each have their um, pros and their cons. So yeah. And like I, I mentioned before, um, with the Pinterest ads, they help your organic strategy. And one of the best thing about this is that once you stop running ads, if you stop running ads to it, your pin has already gotten a lot of engagement, a lot of um, like saves or whatever. So that's going to help that pin continue to get seen and to continue to grow. So your your ad basically kind of lives on forever. Whereas like on Facebook or something, once you turn your ads off, they're, that's it. They're off. They're gone. Such a good Pinterest is going to keep getting seen. It's going to keep bringing you like the gift that keeps on giving. Yes, of course, not as, not as great as when you're running the actual ad, but it's still going to do well. No, you're right. And, you know, I just want to explain that in case moments that they're like, hang on a minute, what do you mean? So let me explain it and then you tell me whether I'm right or wrong. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so obviously the whole beauty of Pinterest is I pin something 
And then someone searches for it and they go, oh, this sounds helpful. And they pin it to their boards. Someone searches, they see it on their board, they pin it to their board. And basically like that's how it grows is that the more yeah. people have got it on their boards, the more likely it is it's going to keep coming up or yeah. or their followers might see their pins and that sort of thing. Exactly. So what you're saying is because the ad is accelerating the, the growth of the pin and lots of people are seeing it and saving it or, you know, putting it on their boards or whatever, that like you said, you've almost fast forward that whole process of that reach and that kind of, you know, uh, virality, if that even is yeah. an actual word of the pin, <laughs> you know? So yeah. Is that what you mean by that? Yeah. So it's going to really keep growing. It's grown so much already is going to help it show up easier in the search results now. It's going to rank higher naturally now because you can get also, um, there's paid engagement and then, of course, organic engagement, which I don't know if something like that is on, on, on Facebook metrics, but on the data you will see like if someone like saved it or clicked on it organically or if they did it from a paid standpoint. So yeah. after that, you can kind of keep seeing how things are going. That's awesome. So good. Precious, thank you so much. You have like literally just given us so much good stuff. And I am certainly intrigued to see, and and it's getting harder on Facebook. You know, we've just had this iOS update that basically says we can't target people as well. And this is why you got to have a second lane. You always have to have a second lane just in case, um, because I've also heard some horror stories, even just wanting to get into, like I said, I want to do both myself. And the horror stories of like accounts getting shut down out of nowhere. Oh, I've and had mine's been blocked twice. Someone, wow! I was like, talking to someone um, on a coffee chat yesterday, and she had a client who, right before their launch, their ad account got shut down. But yeah. they had a contingency plan for Pinterest, YouTube, and I want to say Google to yeah. put their ads back up. But like, if she didn't have a plan, like. That's a lot of money lost. <laughs> and that's why she gets her most of her money, she said. from yeah, what's her and that's your opportunity, isn't it? And I, seriously, twice it's happened to me, both at points where obviously it was crucial for me to get the ads out. I was doing a launch. And in fact, it's just made me think I probably just need to like, I, I'm about to open the cart on something. And I'm thinking, I should probably just set up my ads now and get them out just in case. Um, but like, I was about to, to open the cart on something. And I was like, right, get the ads ready to go live tomorrow. Went into my account, shut you're not allowed to do any ads. And I'm like, say what? uh, I've done nothing wrong. So of course, then I'm on the chat to Facebook. Like, can you unblock my account? Oh, it's not actually gonna have to apply here. 48 hours later, they go, oh, sorry, our mistake. Twice that's happened. I I understand because um, my Instagram, like regular Instagram account or my business Instagram account got disabled suddenly. No reason, no nothing. And it was like about a month before I finally got her back. And all they said was, your account's back. Oh, thanks. Oh, thanks. <laughs> but why um, did it get disabled suddenly? Right. <laughs> did I do something? I'm pretty sure I didn't. But you're it's so like right. you so hard to get in co- contact with them. Yeah. And you just can't put all your eggs in one basket. Like, there's just no... And, and I talk about this all the time. I'm, I'm passionate about list building. And, and my course is about list building. And one of the courses I offer... And that's why, because like, if you have a list and Facebook doesn't want to show your ads, then at least you've got a bit of a go. But if you haven't even got that, you know, whereas now 
you know, let's see what Pinterest can do. And, and at least you've got another option where, you know, it's just such bad news. And the problem is yeah. really tiny. We are literally the teeniest, tiniest businesses in the world for Facebook. So they're not going to rush to fix these things, even though we're panicking, like, I'm on a launch. They're like, right. going to spend <laughs> literally a couple of hundred pounds of us. You could just move it back. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare. Anyway, Precious, thank you so, so much. I will obviously make sure that we link up to everything in the show notes so that they can come and find you. What's, I was going to say, what's your favorite platform? But obviously Pinterest is, but for engagement, where do you Funny. want me to come say yeah. hi? Pinterest is great for me growing my email list and getting in front of the right people. But I actually love Instagram for showing off my, I say my Pinterest shenanigans. So definitely that's the best platform to actually engage and interact with me and, you know, warm up to me. So Perfect. And what's your Instagram account called? Is it your name? It's um, Press, yeah, P-R-E-S-H and R-O-D-G-E-R-S Rogers. So yeah, it's Press Rogers. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for having me. There you go. That was the lovely Precious. Like I said, we had good fun. I really enjoyed interviewing her. Do go check her out. We've put everything on the show notes as always. If you are new to the podcast, when I say the show notes, you can either find them on the platform that you're listening to this Or if you go to my website, TeresaHeathWearing.com, and just type in the number of the episode you're listening to. So this episode is 17, remind myself, 8. If you just type in TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash 178, then you'll be taken to the page with the show notes and all the links to everything to do with Precious. So please do go check her out and let me know what you think and tag me in a post as always. Also, don't forget that competition. That's going to be super exciting. So I will see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then I would love it so very much if you were happy enough to head over to iTunes and give me a review. 